At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are looking live at VSIN Primetime. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here's Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel. Peace and prime time continues on a Wednesday from downtown Las Vegas. Our Circa Sportsbook Studios joined by the great Will Hill. I'm Ben Wilson here from our Circa setup right here in downtown Las Vegas. Josh Towers will be with us in an hour to talk about the NL West. We continue, Will, our week-long MLB previews. We're just starting them here on Peace and prime time. We'll talk NL West in about 15 minutes. Also get some thought on the NBA card tonight. Nick Whalen from Rotowire joins us in 45 minutes as well. So a fun hour still to come here on the show. We'll also talk a little NFL draft, some combine props, if any of those are of interest. And of course, as we set the stage here for the top of the hour, a little prime time primer number of games about to tip off in the college basketball card. One we have not yet mentioned that gets underway in a couple minutes. You're a glutton for punishment, Will. You, uh, you love your, your Big Ten unders in the certain situational spots. You hit that on Sunday as Maryland and Rutgers just played a, a gross game, especially early that you hit there at the rack. Uh, Maryland getting a big line move, though, today. They got bet by about two points by the market from 3.5 up to 5.5. Home favorites against Northwestern. So maybe a really tricky spot here for the Wildcats on the road. Oh, there was nothing gross about that game on Sunday. That was a thing of beauty if you had the, the under. under. Yes. Um, I actually, I like the under again tonight with Maryland. To me, Maryland's just an under team. They can't shoot. They're under 30% from three, and they play really good defense. So it's a perfect recipe for an under. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, that it's not the good, that's not a good point spread for the under because six, six and a half, let's just say it goes to form. That's right in that zone where at the end of the game, you get a lot of fouls at a six-point line. Uh, you're, you'd, rather, you'd rather have a pick them. You'd rather have like a blowout where they don't foul. Uh, pick them, they just, let's say it's tied with, a minute to go, well, you're not going to get uh, 12, 13 points of fouling in the last minute, 90 seconds. So something to keep in mind. But to me, Northwestern, I know they shot the three really well, especially in Big Ten play. I don't know how sustainable that is. Maryland, not a good shooting team, good defense. So shop around. We're looking at 130, 129 and a half. I do, uh, I do like the under, and I tend to prefer the first half unders to avoid the fouling, to avoid the overtime. So, uh, yep, that was my on the rock fight here. Yeah, go. No doubt, that was my strategy too with the with the bet later in the the St. John's and Butler first half under for me. First half total there 60 as they're about to tip in a couple minutes. You can get in on that. Northwestern fifth in three point shooting. But on defense, they are 336th in three-point defense. What a weird, uh, bizarre, uh, yeah, comparison. Usually, there. some noise in that too. Usually, that's there's a lot of luck. I mean, exactly. how much can you really play defense in this? I mean, there's some of it in terms of like you know your length and bothering the shooters. But there is, there, I, I do think there's some. some there is maybe a little bit uh, of variance on on that as well. Your play here, Will, for the start of the seven o'clock Eastern hour. It's in the SEC with. Auburn going on the road to Tennessee. This will close seven most shops. A couple places got as low as six and a half. 151, your consensus total. And you're looking at the points here. I took the points. I like the seven. I just think they're making you pay a tax on these home teams in these spots where, look, home teams have done so well uh, that they're just, they're, they're making the line a little too high. These are teams that are still about even. I, I still never trust Tennessee. I never trust Rick Barnes. I think from a matchup standpoint, Auburn can do some things to, uh, 
to have some success. Seven is just a big number. It's a key number. Uh, at seven, a lot of times they'll stop fouling because it is the third possession, the three-possession lead. So uh, I, I just think that's too many points. Is that a game you thought about or you considered at all? Uh, I it's one I just want to see kind of the you know the general um, flow early it could be that, that's a potential in game spot for me I want to get a feel though uh, for how Tennessee looks because there are games where you know, Tennessee <laughs> controls the the tempo and the defense and you just go man it's going to be a tough night there are other games where you watch the tempo and and Tennessee isn't quite as locked in other teams are at least getting open looks and. And also the Tennessee offense that so often relies heavily on Dalton Connect, who's amazing, but they don't have a ton of consistency behind him. It leads to a lot of variance for me, Will. So I certainly would would lean on that side. I just want to get an early sense of how that's playing out yeah. there. Two high variance teams here playing today. You think he'll be a good pro connect? Mock certainly have him going really high, partly because this is a very weak draft class. Yes. But you know, as a shooter and a shot creator, I mean, he has the tools to play at the next level. Probably no more so than like a good role player, though. I mean, I don't see him turning into a star, but he's got the goods to, you know, to have a career. Uh, it's just hard to really like parse it out right now with a lot of these prospects. When anybody you talk to, and you know, for me, like doing G League stuff, anybody in that realm of it, they're going, yeah, this is a weak draft class. Uh, the, these teams do not want to pay for potential role guys, but they're gonna have to. That's just the way it is this year. Connect is a very interesting case study, though, with the way his shooting has really exploded last couple of years. And who's the consensus one? I know if you read a few drafts, you see different ones. There's a, yeah. a, is there anybody like right now, if I said, hey, number one pick, whether it's Detroit, Washington, I think we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Well, who's going to have the worst record? Who, who would it be? It's, so it's all over the place right now. The latest guy, and this sort of followed that trend of the international prospects playing in these other pro leagues that have really started to rise. So Alex Saar from the Perth Wildcats. So I got to see he played here in Vegas in an exhibition against the G League team I do games for. The guy's really good. He plays for the Perth Wildcats. That's the Australian NBL. And it seems that's just kind of the new thing now. Will all these uh, international prospects and you know teams who play internationally against much better competition than, say, 10, 15 years ago in a France or in Australia, they get a lot of respect from NBA scouts. And combined with some of the lackluster talent right now, uh, U.S.-wise, whether college or, you know, say, the G League ranks as well, uh, would not surprise me if if Sar he's I've seen him in some mock right now number one but there are a few different guys who could be uh, could be chosen there but Sar has been really good he's a lengthy yeah. a lengthy guy who can stretch the floor and is a really dangerous player in transition. You start to read some of these mock drafts you wonder if Colorado can uh, can if they can get in can they make a run because a lot of these mock drafts like the Colorado guys I know they got two or three NBA yeah. guys they got uh, top five picks and they're they're another team and you can say this about ninety something percent of teams in college so much better at home than on the road. It, I think even more exaggerated with them with the altitude that's always been a tough place to play over the years. Uh, but they've got a few NBA guys. They might have three NBA guys. So that's uh, that's one one uh, sort of um, you know rule of thumb or, or something that's been tried and true over the years. You need a couple NBA guys usually to win a title. You just go back and look over the years of teams that win championships. Very few teams that win a title have like less than two NBA guys. Usually you need a couple pros to win this thing. That's usually not a bad thing to have. For last last no. time I checked, uh, market is uh, speaking of Colorado. They are in action later tonight against Cal, getting a pretty good move in their favor here. That's up to thirteen or thirteen and a half oh, wow. from eleven and a half, and it makes you go. At what point is that price too big of a premium? Colorado is at home in Boulder, but for as much as Cal's in a rebuild, they've at least been a feisty dog this year under the yeah. first year head coach Mark Madsen. And their last uh, road game, they went to Washington and won outright. So not necessarily a an autumn you know, just an automatic lay there for me with the buffs. So you're telling me I should have laid the eleven last night when I was thinking about it? Is well, that something uh, I should have done? Uh, 
frustrating. You know, Will, you yeah. host a podcast called Should Have Bet More. You know, should have uh, uh, should have laid should have laid less period. earlier. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take it. I thought about laying eleven last night. I didn't. Now, uh, certainly not going to jump in at thirteen and a half and, and middle myself. But yeah. I agree with you. What you said, uh, Cal, Cal's a, a good, like not a good team, but they're a young team. I think Matson's going to be uh, a good coach there. He's a uh, you know he, he's a guy I think will, will win. They have a, a young team that again played much better at home than on the road. But they've got some players. They've got some talent. Colorado's got a habit of just burying people in that building. So I don't know if I want to step in front of that, but. Boy, they're they're putting in a position thirteen and a half, fourteen. And it's just it's hard to cover two touchdowns. I mean, it can happen, but uh, they are you're, you're certainly paying the tax. First of all, Colorado is always good at home, but the bubble aspect of them being on the bubble, uh, I just think is driving this lineup. Sure. So maybe you find some different ways to play it, but not not a game I like. I don't know. Is that is that something you thought about this game at all? I I didn't. I mean, it's this just the number kind of was a stay away Huge. for me yeah. as far as that goes. Especially now that you're out to thirteen and a half, won't see me playing many double digits uh, conference spreads, especially laying it <laughs> in that uh, situation. As we continue our prime time primer, we'll keep you posted on all the college basketball results as they go on. Any halftime lines we find intriguing here on Veasan Primetime. One hockey game about to get underway: Columbus and the New York Rangers. That's a rematch from Sunday. The Jackets snapped the Rangers franchise record win streak of 10. Upset them there at the Nationwide Arena. So uh, maybe it's kind of a weird scheduling spot here, Will. I know you're out east following very closely this Rangers run. Uh, maybe a big bounce back beatdown spot tonight. Rangers, though, if you want to lay it, you're going to have to pay the price. It's about minus 110 even on the puck line tonight. Give me a nugget in hockey. I'm not a big NHL guy. Is there a future that's worth betting? Is there any future you have? Like what uh, if you had to jump in right now? Is there anyone that's that's worth a wager? You know, it all seems like the the East. Everything I keep hearing is New Jersey Devils wait on the the trade deadline for them to sign a goalie and then pounce because they are I okay. want to say 13, uh, 14 to one is the current DraftKings odds to win the Eastern Conference. That's a team that is kind of middling right now. They're they're basically just outside the wild card spots, but. Were they to get a, a netminder? That's the one weakness right now. They've got the offense. Need a goalie. That is a team I have heard. It seems like everybody right now in hockey circles is talking about. Just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. I and mean, look, hockey's a sport where you can get a Cinderella. I mean, we've seen it sure. plenty of times. The, uh, it's the old adage, the hot goalie. Well, that's a team. It's, it's a short series. It's variance. It's not like the NBA. And even though we had the heat last year, NBA is typically chalk, NHL, uh, anything can happen. Anything so but. Uh, yeah. Yep. On the chalk there. And real quick, two NBA games here, 730 Eastern. Pelicans go to Indiana, taking the Pacers. Big move here to the Pels, Will, from five-and-a-half-point dogs, now catching four market-wide, 240-year total. And a interesting spot for Dallas on the road at Toronto, who just upset Indiana. Mavericks laying three on the road tonight. Not much movement in that game on the side, but a big move to the under there, sitting 241 now. Anything you are leaning either way in those 730 Eastern matchups? I mean, you can't really go wrong taking it over in a Pacer game, but nothing I bet in terms yeah. of the NBA. Uh, how about that? How about the shot Struce hit last night, though, at the buzzer for 57 feet for the Cavs to beat the Mavs? That was a tough loss for the Mavs. I know a lot of people at Vsin JVT talked about it. Uh, I think it was JVT talking about the Mavs. This is division price. Got to make good numbers. Plus 170. Uh, as close as like two to one, but that's a that's a tough loss in a in a margin that might be thin if it comes down to that, and that's the reason you lose that ticket eventually. That, that is uh, such a brutal a loss. One. Yes, our uh, our pal Danny Burke had the the rare double. He had a ticket on the Cavs last night, and then like an hour, so we win this crazy bet, and then like an hour later, he had the the Mountain West buzzer beater. But he had the other side. He had the loser. He had Colorado State and a loss to Nevada. Imagine oh. the emotional swings. <laughs> Go, go buy a lottery ticket. The luck's about to, uh, luck's about to turn at some point. Jeez. Seriously. that's At least you won game. one of them. But, I mean, good Lord. Yeah. That's uh, 
yeah, sight, uh, sight to behold there. When we come back, we will continue what's been a fun week-long exercise here on Beeson Primetime. We'll start our NL West breakdown. A lot of big storylines out of the NL West in particular. We'll talk some baseball with Will Hill when we come back here on Primetime. VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, check out vsin.com with a fresh look, enhanced navigation, and mobile first focus. Right now on the homepage of the website are Zach Cohen breaking down the MLB AL MVP odds and analysis as, yes, baseball season. It is. Here, spring training games already underway. Adam Burke had a great write-up on how to bet spring training baseball for those who have not done that in the past. And we will have full betting guides coming out on MLB here shortly, just like what we're doing on our show, Will, breaking down division by division the 2024 MLB season. How do you normally go about attacking the, uh, whether that's awards markets, player uh, stat category leaders for the, the full season in MLB? What's your strategy on that normally? I think the most important thing is shop. Uh, use a bunch of different books. Make sure you're getting good numbers. If you see discrepancy, that's the first thing to like tip you off. But I, I tend to play a lot of unders, player-long things, like guys I think can get hurt. I know Sale's always the guy, like, oh, he's injury-prone. Just some of the pitchers you think are injury-prone, I, I like to play under on those. Um, remember, though, it's a long season in February. Like if you're, you know, you're not betting on credit. If you're betting with real money, it's February. If you cash, even if you win these bets, for like awards i mean they don't announce these awards until like damn near thanksgiving yeah. so keep that in mind you do get good prices along the way during the season so i don't go too crazy but uh you know i pick off things here and there I, i've always liked to play season wins in baseball i do think that's one of the more uh i don't know beatable is the right word but like if you have the right handicap you're gonna win whereas football season if your quarterback gets hurt you know there's a lot of variance in a 16 17 game season with football college football baseball you're playing 162 you're either right or you're wrong there's the luck is going to kind of even out. So I do like playing that. I don't know. Is that something like, do you have any baseball bets in your account at the moment? I I no, I'm, and I'm with you in the sense that I do not in any sport. I've as much as I know, we talk about it a lot at our network. I'm just so anti award market betting now. And maybe it's just like a, you know, old man yelling at cloud thing, but it's like, if it's anything that comes down to voters, I'm out. That's just where I'm at. You could, you could laugh at me if you want on that. If I'm sacrificing, sacrificing good numbers, I just don't like to bet that way. I do like the, the win total markets in baseball. The one we talked about the other day that I'm waiting to – I've just I've been doing some shopping the last couple of days trying to find the best number here, but I do like to raise over on the AL East real quick. Well, before we dive NL West, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Since I, especially if you can find an 84.5 out there. That's what I've been searching for. Uh, even though there's been some negativity in their offseason, still love what they can do with Kevin Cash finding fresh – sustainable arms out of the bullpen to give them as many wins as possible. I haven't dug into them too much. That's never a bad, you, you said Tampa, right? The Rays. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's never a bad bet. They just seem to find their way to high eighties, low nineties. They seem to do more with less. Now they do seem to run these pitchers into the ground. They have a habit of getting these guys hurt, whether it's, uh, was it Baz, the, the the young pitcher who was supposed to be really good, had Tommy John McClanahan yep. Springs, who's going to be back. Uh, I think maybe end of the year. But, boy, they do have a very difficult time. Glasnow's had a, mi a million injuries. They have a very hard time, for whatever reason, keeping these pitchers healthy. I don't know if it's something in the development, the usage. Uh, I, that I'm not sure. Maybe Josh Towers, when we talk to him later, will have some uh, – so get, get his thoughts sure. on that. But, look, if, if you're taking the over on them, I, I can't argue it's a good organization. They're smart. 
They do more with less. They uh they seem to piece together. They might be cutting a little thin with the talent. Franco, obviously, I mean, who knows if he's ever going to play again in, in the majors? Doesn't sound like he like he will. Uh, boy, it's a it's a good division. There's not a lot of talent, but they just always seem to do more with less. So I, I would probably lean towards an over. Just wait. Toronto's really good. I still think they're good. I don't know, but really good. But the Yankees with Soto and Judge are going to be really good. Uh, sure. Baltimore is one of the one of the elite teams in the league and only getting better. So there's a lot of competition that would probably keep me off of it. That's the only one you bet so far, though. Yeah, that's the only one, uh, at least as right. of right now. I'll tell you this: I'm not betting it over because I think Franco's coming back. <laughs> oh, man. As ugly of a uh, situation as we have right now. Do you, you um, think Bauer gets signed? Um. Kind of feels like a black ball situation going on to be, you know, everything you read, but right. that's, that's, I mean, uh, that's helped somebody. Yeah. And he was, he was, and it's not like there's some gray area. I mean, he was cleared. He was, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, I, I don't know how teams justify not bringing him in. I mean, you bring in an arm like that. He went on Twitter and was like, Hey, I'll pitch for uh for minimum wage. Very bizarre. I don't know the, the justification thing, yeah. for not doing it. It is. It really well, is. Though, though, multiple guys like that, and uh, you have yeah, you have the uh, Bauer piece formerly with the Dodgers. Talk about the Rays who traded Tyler Glasnow to the Dodgers in the offseason. Part of a huge offseason here. And as we start our NOS breakdown, we'll talk the two teams at the top of the division, although it's really just one, then a massive gap, and then the collection of the rest here. And it all starts and ends with the Dodgers, who are at 103.5 on the win total a team that is a minus 450 favorite to win the division. And the question becomes, as great as they are on paper, Will, they win the Yamamoto sweepstakes, purchasing him from Japan, get Shohei Otani in free agency. At what point does that win total become too high? And at what point are the is the actual value on taking an under with LA as terrifying as that would be for betters to stomach? Not for me. I like to play a lot of unders, but not for me. I think they're going to just bury teams during the regular season. That lineup is just so relentless. I actually like their pitching with the one caveat. You got to keep them healthy. I mean, we, we talk about a team whose pitchers seem to get hurt and whatever happened with, uh, you, you know, Arias, he's probably not going to pitch uh, again. I, I wouldn't think for the Dodgers, but Bueller, May, they're always hurt. Glasnow, they picked up guys that are hurt a lot. Glasnow in Paxton. Boy, if you can keep some of those guys on the mound with that lineup, uh, that that is a team they are going to bury people. Usually, the best team in baseball does go over this total uh, in terms of like you know 105, 106. I don't think it's outlandish. Now again, you're betting over 103 and a half. It's not like you have a ton of wiggle room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this team gets to 105 and 106. It sounds like you would if you had to bet this one way or another, you'd bet the under. Just strictly from from injuries, yeah. And who's yeah. to say there's some? It takes a while for the, all those new parts to gel, and maybe yeah. it, you do get a slower start. I mean, Dodgers have been have looked so good, even just in spring training, which usually nobody pays attention to. But in the case of the Dodgers, when it's Otani, when it's Yamamoto, people are, and the hype train is only getting further and further out of control. So, would it? How often will do we see teams who, the, like the rare reports of oh, Team A looks amazing in spring training. How often right. do they tend to stub their toes in April, right? Uh, I, I think in you, you mentioned stat leaders. Evan Phillips is like 20 to 1 to lead the week in saves. Robert said, hey, he's going to be the go-to guy. He's got really good stuff. Uh, you, you almost worry with a Dodger team that scores this many runs, are they going to win games by four or more runs where you don't get save opportunities? That might be it's something to think about, but you don't want to overthink it. Like, I don't know, 20 to 1, again, chop around uh, for the best number. But Phillips to lead the league in saves, I don't think is terrible. I think this team is a machine. Now, baseball has created a sport where you could be the best team. It doesn't really matter to sit here in February and decide who's going to play well and win in October is a fruitless exercise because it's so random. They put so many teams in. 
The teams that get the buy, I, I do think there's a little bit of layoff. They get rusty. I mean, who's going to win in October? We have no idea. The fact that they got swept by Arizona and lost in four. The teams in their division, after just burying them for six straight months uh, the last couple of years, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how you pick a World Series winner this far away with the nature of baseball's playoffs, which I really don't like. I think the 162 should mean something. It should be hard to get into the playoffs, but mm-hmm. just the direction we're going in sports, they want more revenue. They want more teams. I mean, we're, we're going to go with more teams before we get fewer teams. So I don't all know that, about winning uh, it all, but yeah, their season starts October 5th. Though. Yeah, well, and all that to say, you know, not to say this is the worst thing you could ever do as a better, but to put a Dodgers NLCS or a World Series ticket in your account right now, a lot of better ways to hold your money for the right. next six months. When you're talking those prices, plus 170 to win the NLCS, plus 350 to win the World Series, just not even close to attractive numbers there on LA. Rest that of the deficiency, by the yeah. way. If like, oh. I mean, there are people out there that, in theory, um, could bet on credit. In theory, minus 450. I mean, that's that. You know, use the term free money. It's kind of a, an right. expression we don't use here. But how are how are they not winning that division and winning it by a good 10, 12 games? You could tell me injuries, but not like football where your quarterback gets hurt. Like they're they're injury proof. They can afford to lose one of the guys and still win the division. I guess you could say hey, Arizona, they're young, they make a leap and they get in the low to mid nineties. The Dodgers have an off year. I guess anything's possible, but I, to me, they're winning that division and winning it comfortably. Well, you're talking a twenty game margin in right. win total. That probably should that be worth more than minus four I agree. Fifty if you're just I, I doing the agree. raw number, you know? That and it's where it always goes back to people want to get the plus money. Yet sure. the plus money bets on the Dodgers are the worst bets you can make. And yet the, yes. the big minus money ones, as tough as that is, most people aren't going to want to lay minus 450, but those are actually the best you. bets if you are able to stomach that and you have the bankroll to do it. And I know what people could do too. People will can parlay the Dodgers division with, and you can say, hey, you're, pay, you're, you know, you're doubling the, the, uh, the VIG on this. But if you parlay Dodgers division with Brave division, you bring it down to like minus 137. If you just count mm. the Dodgers as the free spot of the bingo card and you bring the Braves down to the minus 130-ish. I don't know. I, I, that's a, that's a, a way people are going to attack this and feel like they're getting value at least. As far as the rest of the division, we'll start the conversation now. We'll break down the rest of the teams here in a little bit. We'll have Josh Towers join us as well uh, coming up at 8 Eastern. But uh, D-backs next at 83 and a half. They, I mean, they, they surprised everybody uh, last year while the Padres took a giant step back, you know, and, and so did the Giants as well. Of that two through four, who do you view as having the best chance to be number two as it sits right now? Probably Arizona just because they have so much up-and-coming talent. I, I do like the Padres over, though. I think that record in extra innings will uh, will normalize a little bit. And one of my favorite bets is Rockies under win 16 and a half. Oof. I'm seeing on the screen in front of me. They're, that pitching's awful. That's a bad division and a bad ballpark to have bad pitching. They, they could lose 110 games. I wouldn't be surprised. 83 and a half right now for the D-backs. 81 and a half apiece for the Padres and Giants-Rockies. 60 and a half. And that feels a little bit generous. Just like the books don't want to set it sub 60. That kind of feels like the justification for that. Josh Towers will be with us in about 35 minutes to break down the rest of the division. When we come back, some updates and some NFL draft talk next. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. Put the VEASAN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VEASAN Pro annual subscription today and you get your first year for only $199 instead of the typical price of $240. Just use promo code PRIME. Get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do for an entire year, including our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. 
Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. Betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Plus our upcoming March Madness betting guide with best bets for every game and round of the tournament. Remember to use promo code PRIME and get your first year of VEASAN Pro Access for only $199. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Some good early games underway in the college basketball card. Back with Will Hill. I'm Ben Wilson. We'll talk some NBA in about 15 minutes with our pal Nick Whalen from Rotowire. Josh Towers continues our NLS breakdown in a half hour as well. Uh, Tennessee-Auburn, though, kind of the start we expected, Will. It's been a cagey back-and-forth matchup. Each team looking pretty comfortable, honestly, which is good if you took the points there. Closing plus seven, Tennessee 24, Auburn 21. We're still on that seven number in-game. In-game total has not budged much at all as well, 151 and a half. Yeah, and one of these days you'll listen to me on these Northwestern, on these Seriously. Maryland Unders, and you'll just join the party Seriously. here and root for misses and root for uh, ugly basketball because the live total at DraftKings for the first half is 48 and a half, and we just said a few minutes ago it was 60. So, boy, Maryland, Oof. some of these teams are just, you can't make the number low enough. And I feel like the the total sometimes, especially if it's an under team, it's just an under team, it doesn't might not get as much attention where people are on to the trend. So, uh, yeah, this is a, a nice start for the under. And when you have the first half, you don't have to, again, sweat the fouls, the overtime, where lots of ways for the unders to go wrong if you bet the full game. So I do like the uh, the first half, even though they adjust for a little bit. But, yeah, three-point game, Auburn-Tennessee. Uh, some of these other games about to start. What, what do you have in action again? You just have St. John's? Totally, yeah, just, uh, yeah, St. John's and Butler first half under a little bit later. That's 8.30 Eastern. So you still have about an hour to get that bet in. I, I believe you still can get some... Uh, 72 out there on that game. That 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 total full game has started to see some movement there to the under. I've seen it come. Uh, yeah, there are still our 72s out there for the first half. That full game under has started to take some action, though, to the under down to 151, about a two-point move there uh, on St. John's and Butler. Yeah, the bet you made, though, that I'm jealous of, Maryland 14, Northwestern 13, six and a half to go first half. Wow. And it's easy to say now, but boy, that's six and a half for, again, for a Maryland team that has trouble scoring. That, that seems like a lot of points. No, I know that I, yeah. I, I'm a little, I'm not a slave to the market, but when I feel like I, I remember it was five this morning, I was like, man, that line's a little high, maybe. And then it's six and a half. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know if you go through the same thing where you like a game, the market moves against you. You feel like, all right, I'm, I'm on the wrong side of this. I'm missing something. That kept me off it, but again, still a long way to go. But that six and a half did seem a little heavy. It's I do the exact same thing, and I've tried to tell myself not to do it this year with how right. many big line moves have just blown up in the face of a lot of respected betters and groups. Yet it's still kind of like in our nature, right? Just reading the market, knowing how this stuff works. To see that, and you go, what am I missing? And you lay off, and then the move turns out to be totally wrong. And you go, why didn't I bet it? And have my, you know, stick to my convictions, but it's... I think the key key phrase there is always easier uh, in hindsight uh, on the on psyche that. of a better man. It is uh it is yeah. a constant wrestling match between just you and yourself sometimes, not just yeah. you and, and bets, but, but just uh, battling our own thoughts. It, it's never ending. Seriously. Well, one, one thought people will want, they will want to get Will Hill's thoughts on mid majors who can make a run to the final four because Will gave out on the network uh, all over the place, FAU to make the final four last year. So we'll all, you know, the pressure is all on, uh, you, I, I keep looking at who are going to be some of those teams that maybe people look at as, all right, that could be a chic pick to make a deep run. You know, Sunbelt has two really, really good teams. James Madison is the number one rated team by metrics, but they've lost both games this regular season to App State, who's starting to come on strong. App State right now up 23 at home against Old Dominion. We're laying a big price anyway, uh, Will, but it looks like they will coast to a cover there as 14.5 point favorites at home against ODU. And you know, App State's a team that you know, beat Auburn at home earlier this year. I, I'm curious, that's a, a squad that 
you know, were they to get in, the big dance would be very tasty. Say They'd probably be like a 12 seed if they were to get in. But that would be a really uh, interesting matchup, a team that plays really, really good D and can has already proven they can beat some of the Blue Bloods. Yeah, that was one of the great thrills of my life, calling for Atlantic, getting them to yep. uh, to the Final Four. I can still remember the last play. They're up three. They, you know, Are they going to foul? And they kind of got handsy and knocked the ball away. And everyone texted me, congratulations. Oh, my God. Now, a year later, now, I, now it's the bad part. Now I have to live up to that and call it again. And people are going to expect it. So uh, it's, it's not always easy, especially the, the thing about Florida Atlantic. Nobody was really picking them, too. So now I got to find a team that nobody else picked. So I'm a long way from, like, settling on yeah. uh, when we do these, these tournament shows. I want to. You always want to have one sort of out of the, uh, out of the blue pick. So I'm not there yet. I would love to see Indiana State get in. That's a team that I would love to see that offense in the tournament. Uh, now, I don't know that they're getting an at-large. We talked about some of these teams, their odds to make the tournament. Uh, I'm curious if there's a number on them because they probably have to win that Missouri Valley Conference. They, uh, they've dropped enough of these games where the committee's probably not going to give them a break and put them in. They just don't have the quality wins. But, boy, that offense, they would give a lot of people problems if they got in. Have you seen them play live this year? Or, uh, yes. I, I, yeah, I had a game of theirs back in November. They came to Vegas for a tournament, and they looked okay. apart. They've got uh, Robbie Avila, who... They, you know, people in the program told me he had some pretty big NIL offers to leave in the portal and stayed in a Terre Haute. He's one of their uh, outside of uh, a guy named Larry Bird, uh, one of the highest re- recruits they've ever brought in there. Guy's a stud. He, he wears the big, uh, you know, he can't kind of is sort of a throwback. He wears the old Coke bottle goggles. Uh, he's very, he's very easy to see. Big six ten guy right in the middle, but is a really good player. Great feel for the game and a good defender too. But yeah, they had the back-to-back losses. Illinois State, they were huge favorites and lost outright at home. Uh, went to Southern Illinois and lost in that that game as well after in a, a thirteen and one start in the Missouri Valley. Would think an at-large is probably out of the question. They don't play a lot of defense, but that's because they don't have to. They're a super elite offensive team. So I'm with you. I, I like Indiana State. They've been, you know, a lot of like the nerd corner of college basketball Twitter has been a very, very much on the bandwagon of get Indiana State in the tournament. They will be a, a bet on this year. So I would, I would be with you on that. I'm looking to, I don't see any, there were numbers on them to get in a while ago, but I, as of now, I haven't seen any on Indiana State. They have, uh, they have had been, Last time I saw they had been taken off, Will. Uh, as far as FAU, who is going to be back in the big dance, even if they don't win their tournament because of the resume they've built up, are they would be. Are you sure? I think they are will. Are you sure? I think they will. I mean, they're what a nine, are they at now? nine seed right now in a, in a lot right. of the, the bracketology matrixes. That's... But they had, they had a stretch this year where they didn't cover in 11 straight games. Wow. The defense is terrible. They've fallen outside the top 100. What's your take on the Owls now as a team who now has to follow it up and will probably be a very chic pick by a lot of people, but I don't really see it. I don't know that they'll be a, 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 you know, a trendy pick here. Maybe they'll be a sleeper again. I'm not as positive as you. They're getting in. I guess that Arizona win on a neutral court right around Christmas. I think it was, will probably carry the, a, a lot of weight and get them in. But I don't know if you, if you don't finish the season strong here, I'm not positive they get in. I'm, I think it's likely they get in, but I don't think it's for sure. I don't know which way to go with them, honestly, because they haven't defended well. They haven't rebounded well. Is this, we, we call it a championship hangover. You, they didn't win a championship, so you can't call it a title hangover. But I think they're playing in Madison Square Garden in the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. They're a second away, literally, from going to the national championship. Mm-hmm. Then they're ranked 10. Is there a little bit of, hey, it's the regular season. You just can't get up for it the following year. I do think, that's part of it, but like the numbers just don't think they're good. They're overvalued every single game. I mean, you could have made a lot of money just blindly fading them. 
that being said, if they get in, they they got some guys that can uh you know they've got some guys that can play. It's a lot of the same guys from last year. It is interesting though. They were down one with like eight seconds left to Memphis. Memphis had the ball on the ground trying to call timeout. The ref, remember, called jump ball, possession hour FAU. FAU wins it at the buzzer. If that is if that's called a jump ball, Memphis is probably winning that game. Florida yeah. Atlantic's out in the first round, and we have a totally different perception of Florida Atlantic. It's, it's, it's funny it's, how the bounce of the ball can You know, you're so change. right. It's just like the Loyola run from a few years ago. I mean, you, yes, you come down. I remember I had Loyola money line and watching it in the book uh, with my dad before I even lived here. You know, when we're going nuts, I hit the buzzer beater three to beat Miami, but it took an amazing shot. Next thing you know, they're in the final four. I mean, that's a lot of times how these runs start. Even Even go back. I remember being like in high school, I remember betting Bucknell in an eight, nine game against Butler the year that, uh, and I should say not betting, I, you know, bracket pick since I was like sure. 16. Sure. Make sure I correct myself, statue limitations. Uh, but I remember, but you know, Butler hitting some miracle fadeaway, like on a, you know, on a scrambled play at the buzzer to win by one. And then they go to the final four. It's amazing how many times you can, you see that happen over and now that we've watched so many of these tournaments play out. And you usually have one. The team that wins the title usually has a close call. UConn last year is an exception where they just mow through everyone in the tournament. Usually every ter- team that wins the title, you can go back and circle a moment where, hey, they're down four with five minutes left or they need a buzzer beater or they're, they're trailing at some point or things get tight. Very rarely do teams just cruise through these tournaments like UConn did last Kevin year. Kevin Ollie's for, uh, UConn national title team themselves should have lost round one. I mean, St. Joseph's. Was that St. Joseph's? St. Joe's, yeah. Yeah. Why am I always on the other? Why am I always on the other side of the teams? There? Were they down <laughs> three and they got like a three-point play? The guy uh, it was like, well, there was like a that. yeah, there was like a there was a yeah, there was a ridiculously bad call on what should have been an obvious uh, over the back foul. Not that you're not that you're still bitter. Not that I'm still. I don't. I never let go. Never, never let go on this stuff. You know, the only one of those I was on, I was fortunately on the right side of was Loyola. Uh, and I, I did have FAU last year, but not not like you. Didn't have them going to the Final Four. Uh, so we, we don't complain all the time, just selectively. That's how we do it. When we come back, we'll talk some NBA. Nick Whalen from Rotowire. He's with us to break down the card after this. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Our producer, Britton Hesmus, really. Uh, Really be wanting to make me happy tonight, Will, because not only did he does he have you in uh, hosting with me tonight, but we've got already had one Wisconsin guest, our pal yeah. Jim Root, got one of the best technical directors in the business, Andrew Ingold, proud Wisconsinite, back behind the glass here at Circa, and we have another guy from the great state of Wisconsin, Nick Whalen, with us right now to talk some NBA. I'm just you know hitting the jackpot here tonight, guys. Need Kareem Rush, another Mizzou guy, to get you onto to like, yeah, complete, the, uh, complete the cycle here. <laughs> I was just, you know, Nick, you've been watching. You just wait for Will to make the, uh, to, to go back in time, uh, make us feel, uh, make us feel young again, about 15 years and make those, uh, make those cops. But uh, how, how are you tonight? Big NBA card here that we're about to dive into. Yeah, I'm doing well, guys. Good to be back uh, as always. I mean, if, if we want to spend the next, I don't know what we got, 12 minutes or whatever, just naming guys uh, from like 2003 to 2012 NCAA tournaments, I'm more than happy to do that. But we can also talk NBA. It's your choice. 
How about both? Jake Voschkel. I'll just say that name and uh, oh. combine oh, wow. some Next on. Love that. Next, next McNaughton from Bucknell. Mc, uh, well, I can't remember his first name, but it was McNaughton. There we go. We're really, we're really doing deep cuts here. Well, last night we had the the shot heard around the sports betting and just general sports world. The Max Struess three for Cleveland there, Nick. And it's kind of a weird spot now because the Cavs win this crazy game over the Mavs. Now they're on the second leg of a back-to-back mm-hmm. on the road in Chicago here tonight. But the market is actually buying the Cavs up about a, a point here to five, five-and-a-half-point favorites. How would you be attacking this thing tonight? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the market is buying the Cavs or maybe the market is just selling the Chicago Bulls, who are also on the second night of a back-to-back and who ended up on really the complete opposite end uh, of their game last night at home against the Detroit Pistons, losing that one by 10. I mean, you lose by double digits to the Pistons. I, I know they're a more respectable, competent outfit now than they were two months ago, but man, that is, that is still brutal. I mean, Chicago went two of 29 from beyond the arc last night. That is as bad of a three-point shooting performance as you're pretty much ever going to see in the modern NBA. And they're also without Alex Caruso, who was one of their few competent players, especially on the defensive end. So I think that's actually a pretty big hit uh, when you're you're talking about guarding Darius Garland and especially Donovan Mitchell. So it's it's hard for me, guys, to, to shy away from the Cavaliers here or perhaps more accurately want to back the Chicago Bulls I actually like Max Struess in the prop market tonight. You got to lay, you know, close to minus 150, but the over one and a half threes to me feels pretty nice. You know, he's averaging 2.1 makes per game uh, in the month of February, shooting about 40% from three. It's been a little bit hit or miss, quite literally. You know, it feels like he's either hitting like three or four or he's going one of six, but coming off of the big game last night, going up against a Chicago team that plays slowly, doesn't allow a ton of points, but all year, guys, they've been near the top or right at the top of the league in terms of opponent's three-point rate. I mean, they're allowing 42 three-point attempts per game over their last 10, uh, which is about seven more than league average. So I'm like looking at Max Drews over one and a half threes. And then on the Chicago side, I think I'm going back to the well on Io DeSumo assists. I'm taking the over on four and a half. You're getting that at plus money tonight. He's gone over in four of the last five. Part of it is, I think the shooting has to come around for Chicago. They're not going two of 29 again. And it's actually remarkable that Tasubu got to six assists, given that shooting performance from his teammates last night. Uh, and then the final thing on that is, you know, without Zach Levine, guys, every single night, it feels like Tasubu is playing 37, 38, 39 minutes. So tough matchup here against Cleveland, but we'll take Tasubu over four and a half times. I know the West is better, but do you think we'll look back late May, early June and Denver right now, plus 475 to win the title? Do you think we'll look back in a couple months and say, man, that was an obvious bet. It was staring us right in the face. Maybe that's the best bet. Do you think Denver uh, is being slept on a little bit? I, I think it's a reasonable question. It is. And you know, I think the version that we've seen of the Nuggets coming out of the break and specifically the version that we've seen of Nikola Jokic, I think is a reminder of what this team looks like when they're actually going 100%, when they're putting the pedal to the metal. I, I don't think that we've seen you know Nikola Jokic be that guy every single night this season, which is still remarkable that he's minus 150 to win MVP right now. Like He can, he can kind of coast mm-hmm. his way through three quarters of the regular season and still be clearly the best player in the NBA. So yeah, I, I think there is a real chance of that. I mean, the Nuggets depth to me remains an issue. I, I know they would tell you, look, we're going to play six and a half guys in the postseason in the NBA finals and we'll be all right. You know, we're not going to be relying on Christian Brown uh, on nights like that. Uh, but that other than that, it's hard to really find a hole with this team. And, you know, as you guys know, I'm not the biggest believer in the Thunder as a title contender this year. I think just about everybody has reasonable doubts about the Timberwolves, the Clippers, if they're healthy, obviously they're in this conversation. 
if they're not, which is a real possibility, then we can you can take them out. And then all of a sudden you're into teams like the Pelicans and the Suns and the Kings and the Mavericks and the Warriors and the Lakers. And we know all the flaws with those teams. So I, I think if nothing else, Denver is at least the safest bet right now in the West. And yeah, good chance a month or two from now, we look back and say, yeah, I wish I would have grabbed that at almost five to one. Nick Whalen from Rotowire joining us right now. Check him out on SiriusXM NBA as well and SiriusXM Fantasy. You, ha- you as a result, too, you're looking at, uh, even for tonight, not just for the future, some Jokic-specific props here as he gets a pretty tasty matchup against a subpar defense in Sacramento. Yeah, I like this spot for Nikola Jokic. Like I said, we've seen kind of a more aggressive version of Jokic coming out of the All-Star break. I would actually even take Denver up to that 7.5 right now. I like the over, though, on Jokic for 22.5 rebounds plus assists. Now, he had two bad games by his standards, by Jokic standards. Two bad games against Sacramento prior to the break. Dominated the Kings uh, in their matchup earlier this season back in December. I think we get December Jokic tonight. I think he wants to avenge those two games. One of those was a loss to Sacramento. And he's gone way over this number in his first three games since the All-Star break. 34, 29, and 32 rebounds plus assists in his last three games against Portland, Washington, and most recently Golden State. Kings are a good rebounding team, guys. You know, they have one of the best volume rebounders in the league in DeMontis Sabonis, but they're not a great rebounding team. You know, a lot of the rebounding numbers for them kind of rely on, on Sabonis hitting the offensive glass. They're basically an average rebounding team uh, when it comes to the defensive glass. So I think the the rebounds here are what I'm really interested in with Jokic, but you know, I think this could be one of those 25, 13, and 14 type of games for him. My Favorite race here, just in terms of uh, fascinating, in terms of like, you know, the, the mindset of the voters, coach of the year. Uh, the odds yes. are down. I'm looking at DraftKings now because the games have started, but uh, Dagnall, the favorite, Finch, not far behind that. They got other guys like Lou are in the mix. Any feel on coach of the year? Could somebody steal this late? Or what are your thoughts in terms of that market? Yeah, I've talked a lot in the last week, you know, on, on this show and, and on others about Jamal Mosley, who's 55 to one. You know, we're maybe running out of time on him. I, I, I get that. Uh, but I really think Orlando has a chance to climb as high as fifth and maybe even fourth if things really break their way in the Eastern Conference. They have the the easiest schedule in the NBA remaining. And I think if, if all of a sudden, you know, we look up two weeks before the end of the season and the Orlando Magic are hosting a playoff series, I think we're going to see those odds dramatically drop. So if you're looking for a long shot for me, it would still be Jamal Mosley. You know, Joe Mazzula is there at 10 to one right now. I, I don't really buy that. You know, if anything, you know, most Celtics fans you talk to would say that this team is succeeding, like despite Joe Missoula. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot of buzz there. Uh, to me, Boston would have to like go on a crazy tear the rest of the way and, and win 60 plus games. You know, it, that, that tends to be a tiebreaker at times. If there's no other great candidate and a team runs away with the best record in its conference, you know, sometimes that coach will get it. So I guess that's the case for Missoula. Uh, the only other guy I'd consider betting is JB Bickerstaff, right? I mean, there are some stars on that Cavs team, specifically Donovan Mitchell, but I, I think the, the the kind of midseason flip that they've had, you know, from being a kind of middling, middle of the pack, are they going to trade Donovan Mitchell team to all of a sudden number two in the Eastern Conference? 17 to one for Bickerstaff to me feels like a, a relative bargain. I, I don't love the price on Dagnall or Finch. Sure. Uh, yeah, really interesting to watch how that uh, plays out now down the stretch as uh, Nick Willens with us here on Primetime. Before we let you go, one more play, at least on the card tonight. Grizzlies just got smashed last time out, taking on Minnesota. Big line move to the under here. Break down that move for us. Well, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are playing, so it's uh, not going to be a very high point total. That's uh, that, that's usually as simple as it gets. I know it was at 210 uh, earlier. I'm seeing 209 and a half right now at DraftKings. Like I, I lean over here, guys. I, I do. I know it's so hard to trust Memphis right now. They've scored you know under 100 points in two straight games. 
Minnesota is going to have all their guys. You know, they had, they had uh, you know, Edwards and Gobert were questionable. Uh, Cat missed their game last night due to a personal matter. Earlier in the day, you know, I was talking myself into like, all right, maybe this could be a bounce back spot for Memphis. Maybe Gobert doesn't play. I'm, I'm starting to back off of that one a little bit, guys, to be honest. But, you know, Minnesota, I think some of these guys are still a little banged up. Anthony Edwards, you know, looked like he rolled his ankle last night. Minnesota is five and two to the over on back-to-backs this season. So obviously it's a brutal matchup for a completely overmatched Memphis team, but you know, it's such a low total guys, 209 and a half in the year of our Lord, 2024. That doesn't really happen anymore. Um, other than that, in this game, Gobert over 13 and a half boards. That's one of my favorite plays on the night. Memphis is terrible, just terrible on the glass this season. Jaron Jackson, great player, not a good rebounder whatsoever. We just basically need the Grizzlies to hang around long enough for Gobert to get to 31, 32 minutes. Sure thing. Hey, DraftKings opened that total 220 and a half yesterday morning. Wow. So there's something to be said for, we've maybe gone a little too far. You're talking a single NBA game moving 11 points on a total. Wow. Like where your head's at there, Nick. Great to see you as always, pal. Give him a follow at Waylon. Just substitute the L with the number one. Good to see you, man. Thanks for the time. Hey, Thanks, anytime, Nick. guys. Thanks. Josh Towers with us next as our MLB previews continue.